Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Monday. Hey, Claude, how are you doing? It's not only Monday, it is happy last Monday before Jackie goes on her maternity leave. So I think the better question is, Jackie, how are you doing? Thank you for asking. I know, as I said it, I was going to say, like, this is my last happy Monday for a while, but I just feel like that's too sad, sad for everyone. I didn't want to remind everyone, Pathetic. but it's true. This is my last Monday on the show for a while, and I'm doing good. I mean, I'm more out of breath than ever, so just bear with bear with me. Did you listen to my story the other day when I was talking about how I get so out of breath on yes. the podcasts? Because I watch your stories with sound because I respect you. Thank you so much. Well, you've been doing closed captioning because you respect me, and I appreciate that. Yes. But if you listen to the most recent episode of The Redheads, where I really, like, host and I talk a lot, yeah. at one point it sounds like I'm about to break down and start crying. <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone else was just, like, waiting for me to stop, and we all started laughing so hard. I was so out of breath, and they were like, how does that not happen to you on the toast? And I was like, Claudia never lets me speak for this long. And that's why, like, what I do <laughs> is so important, you know? No, it, I didn't even realize how much oxygen you're saving me by cutting me off all the See, time. See, that's the thing. Like, I care so much about the health and wellness of you and your child that I won't let you speak because I know it's not good for you, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, you're such a giver. Thank you so much. You know what? Not to cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, like, people always say, like, Claudia never lets Jackie talk. Yeah, I know. And I, if it was something I could control, like, I swear to God I would stop. It's no disrespect to you at all. But I did listen to another pod. I won't say what it was. I listened to another podcast this weekend with two hosts. And my God, one of them did not shut the fuck up. And I was like, let this other person get a word in. And I'm like, oh, my God, is this how people feel listening to our show? I wonder, and I, I'm so curious to know what podcast you listen to. I'll tell you after. Just the one that was talking, like, is, like, just kind of annoying. And, like, that's literally me. Like, I am really concerned now that I'm giving off the same energy. And to everyone who's ever had to listen to an episode of this podcast, like, I do apologize. But you know what I've realized? Okay, two things. I'm going to say, one, first, I listened to another podcast a while ago, and one person was cutting off the other person. I was like, well, what was the other person going to say? Can you shut up? <laughs> But sometimes you cut me off when, like, I wasn't going to say anything much more impactful. So I'm saving so you. So you're kind of, like, saving me and making it look like you're leaving them wanting more. But I had nothing to say. No, if anything, like, I'm the villain of this podcast. And I'm only helping your, like, Q ratings go up. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's what I, that's why I do what I do, honestly. You're such a giver. We so appreciate it. Um... I want to hear how your weekend was at the farm. We're so glad to see you back home that you decided that you would go back home. I know it pains you. Know what? You know what? Like, it did because if it wasn't like a Sunday, 
there would have been nothing telling me to come back home. But we do have a really busy week this week. And I, and I'm also going back out on tour this weekend. So I just wanted to um, like reset at home, even though I do miss the farm life. But I did have such a great weekend. I went out in Philly because Brian really lives like equally between Philly and New York City. So we decided to go out in Philly and I had so much fun. Like Philly is lit. I went all over. We went to this place fabrica which is like dinner theater so you eat the food was actually poisonous but like it didn't matter because they put on such a great show they had like aerial dancers drag queens um comedians like it was just like a really cool concept for for a restaurant like there's i don't think there's anything like that in new york there was burlesque it was very very cool we had a lot of fun that's really cool i feel like there's a lot of that in like um where did i see it where was i like in um in Europe, like in Saint Tropez and stuff, like that's what they do, like those dinner yes. shows, um, and they're really yeah. amazing. And it, I feel like no one's been able to do like a good job of replicating it here necessarily. But it sounds like that's exactly what you experienced. And like the restaurant was beautiful. It, we sat down. It was like it feels like Ibiza. It was really, yeah, really yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. Ibiza. Ibiza. I think it was that's where really, it was. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's so, where it was. So um, yeah. that was really fun. And then we hit up a bunch of gay bars, which are just different than the gay bars in New York. Like, they were just so complex and so different. And they were, like, multi-leveled. So the one that we ended up at, Tavern on Kamak, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, the first floor is, like, a piano bar, which you know I love. I did perform a song because it was, like, karaoke. And I, like, no one was living for it. Like, they're like, get this girl out of here. Oh um, yeah, it was sad. <laughs> so sad. And, and I have the whole thing on video. And, like, I refuse <laughs> to watch it or send it to anyone because I really thought I did something. But I was, like, blacked out. And I was drinking Fireball and tequila, which I never do. Like, I always stick with tequila. So I was just out of control. Um, And my voice was just, like, not where it needed to be. So that video will never see the light of day. And there were a few toasters there. So if you guys heard that, no, you didn't. Okay? Okay. And you know what? That's actually the perfect story, um, just to segue quickly into our first edition of Unburning Yourselves today. And I feel like that's actually a really embarrassing um, little anecdote that you just shared. And I appreciate you unburdening yourself. Yeah, I'm unburdening myself. In the spirit of the segment. Yes, today is our first day we've collected. We got so many emails, you guys. Everyone unburdening themselves with embarrassing shit that they've done over the weekend. So we'll be sharing that at the end of the show. And thank you to everyone who submitted. Don't worry, it is, of course, anonymous. And if you want to submit, it's not too late. Unburdenyourselves at gmail.com. So then we went to the thing about Philly is that like in city proper, there are casinos. So it was like really cool to go from like bar to bar to casino. Like we don't have that sort of lifestyle in New York. And we spent like the next four or five hours at the casino just being like blacked out and diabolical. Then we went to Wawa and then we fell asleep in the car ride home. And it was it was really a gorgeous night, like really one of my best nights for real. Did you win money or did you lose money? Uh, What do you think? (laughs) I guess you would have said we went to the casino and I won money if you had won. No. But the thing is, were, like, the, losses, when I, were the losses staggering? No. So for me, when I go to a casino, it's not about winning. It's about losing the least amount possible. And I've definitely lost way more than I did on Saturday, Friday night. So I feel good about it. Okay. Okay. That's it great. could be worse. And, and you had a good time. And sometimes that's the price you pay. Exactly. Um, how was your weekend? I'm sure similar vibes. Similar vibes. Went to the casino. Brew and I went to a gay bar <laughs> where Brew sang at the piano. But he was a hit. That was of course, the difference. Of course. Everyone was living for it. Of course. Um, no, I I had a productive weekend in the sense that I watched relevant television, you guys. So did not, I. 
not just Poldark, which I finished, and I'm so glad that it's over and that there's not a new season coming. Thank you. Goodbye. Good day, sir. Thank you, next. Um, Thank you, next. And then I treated myself finally to Real Housewives of Miami, and it was such a treat. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to talk about it. Like, here's the thing. I miss – I mean, first of all, the show is amazing, and it's on another level than the other shows than the Crapola that we're watching. Crapola. But two, like, I really miss, like, binge-watching Housewives is what, like, why we love Housewives so It's what life is about. If I was watching these episodes week to week, I I don't know that I would say that they're so amazing because it's not, like, so much happened, but I was just able to, like, really enter the world, and it wasn't, like, so every week I'm into it and then it's over. So it was really enjoyable to binge watch it. Obviously, that doesn't work for the other shows because we recap them here, but it it kind of, like, reignited my love for Housewives, which I know all of you know has been lacking. And it just gives, like, OG vibes, like, rich amazing editing it looks like selling sunset like it's gorgeous it's really gorgeous and i can't wait to recap it i'm so excited to recap it i'm so glad that you watched too because we'll both share our thoughts even though we were like facetiming all weekend about it laughing so fucking hard (laughs) um (laughs) and then i thought i watched something else but it's not coming oh obviously i watched salt lake city um right and i started a new book last night that's like a silly rom commy book that i like literally i read for 20 minutes and i'm like 30 percent in you know the feeling let me know if you like it because that definitely sounds like something i would be into okay so far so good it's called made in manhattan m-a-d-e oh okay because i was like copyright (laughs) yeah um so yes tv recap we have real housewives of miami last night's euphoria was literally like a life-changing episode like i need to talk about it we'll do it in the tv recap it was life-changing salt lake city um I watched The Hating Game, and we don't need to put it in the TV recap. Like, it was a cute movie. Like, if you liked the book, you'll like the movie. It was exactly the same. Lucy Hale was great. It wasn't, like, you know, a life-changing film that's going to, you know, win Oscars, but it was cute. Okay. Um, and I started the new Colleen Hoover book. Amazing. Look at you. Content queen. Yeah. The farm life is definitely for me. Yeah. Everyone's talking about last night's episode of Euphoria. So I look forward to you breaking that down so I can understand like what shook the world so hard. Oh my God. It was quake worthy. You ever watch something? I used to feel this way when I was younger and watched a lot of SVU. When it gets like scary, like your whole body is watching and you're like have such a pit and you have to remind yourself like multiple times, like it's a TV show. These are not real characters. This is not something that actually happened. It was so pit inducing and Ben never watches, but he was like in bed watching with me last night and he was like, is every episode like this? I'm like, no, like this is special, unique. Oh my God. Okay. That's a lot. It was a lot. Okay. Wow. And then also after Friday's episode wrapped, like all this stuff came out with Kim and Kanye. So we have a lot to recap in the Fast Five, in Unburden Yourselves, in the TV recap. And I just think like we have to stop dilly-dallying and get right to it. And get right into it. Literally right after we wrapped on Friday, we saw that Kim finally responded to Kanye. And I was like, we could have like hopped back on and recorded more. But I'm actually glad that we didn't because so much stuff has come out since that like it requires a whole Monday morning debrief, and that's what we're here to yeah. do. So without further ado-do-do-do-do, it is time for the Fast Five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And today's episode is brought to you by Blue Land. Did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year? And if that's not bad enough, each bottle can be made of more than 90% water. It's a lose-lose situation for the planet. It's 2022. Stop wasting water and throwing out more plastic and get Blue Land's revolutionary refill cleaning system instead. Blue Land's idea is simple and beautiful. 
Buy the bottle once, refill it forever. No more plastic waste. The only thing you need to discard is your outdated idea that eco-friendly products are more expensive and less effective. You just fill the Blue Land's beautiful Instagrammable bottles with warm water, pop in one of the hand soap or spray cleaner tablets, and within minutes, you have a powerful cleaning product in the most incredible scents like Iris Agave, Perrine Limon, sorry, I just some French, and Lavender Eucalyptus. Their stunning high-quality forever bottles start at just $10 when you buy a kit, and they are meant to be reused forever with money-saving refill tablets that start at just $2. So it's a no-brainer for you, for the planet. Their products smell so good. They work super effectively, just as, if not better, than toxic cleaning products. And you're helping the planet, so I just don't really understand why you wouldn't do it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order when you go to blueland.com slash toast. That's 20% off your first order of any Blueland products at blueland.com slash toast. Blueland.com slash toast. Today's episode is also brought to you by Curology, and I'm living for it because I just got my new refill of Curology. So Curology is a game-changing custom skincare service made for you by a dermatology provider. They create a custom subscription cream for your specific goals, whether that's tackling acne, clogged pores, skin texture, dark spots, fine lines, or anything else. You start by taking a short online quiz and uploading photos, and if it's a good fit, they'll ship you your formula right to your door. It even has your name on the bottle. So what I love about Curology, which is like groundbreaking but shouldn't be, I don't know why we've all for like the last 100 years been using the same skin products when we all have different skin. So Curology, whatever comes in your box, nobody else has. It's built for your skin, and it's just so smart. It's really affordable. And there's just really, in my opinion, no reason not to do it. So I had to address, I have combination skin, but in the winter I have such dry skin. And what I really liked is when you take the quiz, it's not like just a basic quiz. Like they ask for like unflattering photos of your face from all different angles. They get really up close so they can see what's actually going on with your skin. And it just feels like you're really getting curated, customized skincare. So get started with Curology, just like we did with the 30-day trial at Curology.com slash toast. You just pay the $5 for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y dot com slash toast to start your free 30-day trial. Cancel anytime. And prescription is subject to consultation. So just check it out. Winter is really a tough time for people's skin and you won't regret it. Would you say Curology is more personal than comedy? I would. I would say that. Yes. <laughs> okay. You love to see it. Curology. More personal than comedy. That's their new slogan. Free idea. Okay. First story update from last week. Kim Kardashian hit back at Kanye West's hurtful comments about North's TikTok. So as discussed last week, Kanye took to Instagram to talk about the fact that he does not want his eight-year-old daughter on TikTok and who does he need to reach out to or speak to to make sure that this doesn't happen. Then in a surprising twist of events, Kim responded on Instagram stories and she really hasn't been responding to a lot of his outcries. So Mm -hmm. this was major. She said Kanye's constant attacks on me in interviews and on social media is actually more hurtful than any TikTok North might create. As the parent who is the main provider and caregiver for our children, I am doing my best to protect our daughter while also allowing her to express her creativity in the medium that she wishes with adult supervision because it brings her happiness. DeForest is difficult enough on our children and Kanye's obsession with trying to control and manipulate our situation so negatively and publicly is only causing further pain for all. From the beginning, I have wanted nothing Nothing but a healthy and supportive co-parenting relationship because it's what's best for our children and it makes me sad that Connie continues to make it impossible every step of the way. She said she wants to handle all matters privately regarding the children and hopefully he can finally respond to the third attorney he has had in the last year to solve any issues amicably. 
So not only was this, in my opinion, a perfect statement, it was also a groundbreaking moment because ever since the divorce, Kim in ups, downs, highs, lows, Kanye saying things, she has never once responded. I do believe the only other time before they got divorced, she released a statement when he was on his Twitter rant, just being like, you know, dealing with someone who suffers from a mental illness is really difficult. And we asked for privacy at this time. So this is like groundbreaking because I think her intention was to never handle anything publicly co-parent for the kids remain you know um honorable and and all that but he pushed her so hard and and i think the implication that kim is doing something that's not in the best interest of their children is like what really set her off because she's such a good mom and i think wherever you land on like should kids be on social media it doesn't matter it's like an issue that should be handled privately between the mom and the dad like i don't care what your opinion is what my opinion is like it's not our child like it doesn't matter Right. And this is not the way to go about it, even if your message is totally, you know, justified and on point. Yeah, him not wanting North on social media is a reasonable thing that he should ask him privately. Yes. Then Kanye has been posting all weekend. He has since deleted all of his posts, but there have been some, um, you know, bombshell ones. He posted a screenshot of her statement and said... What do you mean by main provider? America saw you try to kidnap my daughter on her birthday by not providing the address. You put security on me inside of the house to play with my son, then accused me of stealing. I had to take a drug test after Chicago's party because you accused me of being on drugs. Tracy Romulus stopped manipulating Kim to be this way. So this also harks back to remember a few weeks ago when he was talking about like Kim's publicist and how she has these people around her that he's like not here for. And we yeah. tried to like explain away that it wasn't Tracy and then it's probably some rogue publicist who she hired a third party. <laughs> but uh, it's Tracy. Yeah. And the thing is, is, you know, this is obviously very reminiscent of Kanye's Twitter rants where he would say crazy things, delete them. And I always um, associate his you know, odd behavior on social media for someone who never posts ever on social media with, you know, him struggling with with some of the stuff that he goes through. So I don't know. I do feel weird, like living for this. Like, oh, look, Steph Chef's husband was the one who gave Kanye Kim's number. Like I and I see people like commenting on it being like, oh, my God, crazy. It makes me very sad. It really does. And I hope that for what I, I my perception of this whole thing for what I believe to be going down like I just hope everyone can find peace because this isn't like fun drama or gossip it's like no it's sad it's sad uh it's very sad I do feel for Kim I'm sure this is an incredibly like frustrating situation for her and I think also for Kanye also I just wanted to clear up because I think last week when we were assuming that Kanye didn't want North on TikTok it was like because of like being in the public eye and he was like well he we were like well he put her on stage at his show and blah 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 Mm -hmm. but um I think it's more to do with and something else that we spoke about last week unrelated with like the damaging effects on of social media like on children and especially young girls which is like a different Mm -hmm. conversation I do think that like TikTok TikTok contributes a lot to it. So I think while, you know, his message um, for a lot of people is extremely valid. Might be fair. The delivery is piss poor as bad as it gets. And it's just not on us to have an opinion on how they parent their children. And so him putting it in the public discourse, it makes everyone think that they have an opinion that people give a shit about. I don't care what your philosophy on social media is for your kids. I will handle it my way. You handle it your way. And Kim and Kanye can handle it how they see fit. So I just... I just feel like this whole story gives me a pit and it just makes me feel, you know, reminiscent of other times where he's been acting out on social media and what implications that has on his mental health. Yeah, no, it definitely gives me a pit. And as someone who was like, you know, my ship was leveled because I thought that they were in a good spot and co-parenting well and everyone was doing like what was best and happiest for them. This is a like 
sad for the Kimye stands who were still holding on. Not to the yeah. hope of a romantic relationship, but just to, like, this family unit. Like, this is really not good. You no, know, it's not. And I think when we all, like, gossip about it and post about it, we should just keep that in mind, you know? Like, this is someone's family, it's someone's mental health, and it's not, like, fun gossip. It's it's sad. Yeah, agreed. But we have some happy Kardashian news, which is that Kylie Jenner has welcomed a baby boy with Travis Scott. She posted last night on Instagram a photo, black and white photo, of baby's hand, and I'm assuming Stormy's hand, with a blue heart saying 2222. And that's all we've got for sure. And Chris posted that she has a grandson, so we know it's a boy, plus it was a blue heart. And now it's time mm-hmm. for name speculation. And the there's a lot of, of like, strong guesses Theories. coming through. Yeah. So I would like to throw my weight behind this one particular theory that I saw on TikTok. I do not claim that I invented this. I did not. People on TikTok are saying it. Because a lot of the emojis and like the things coming out of the baby shower were like heavy use of the word angel. Now, I don't think that the baby's name is Angel, but now a lot of people on TikTok are, you know, coming up with angel-like names. Heaven, Halo. So I'm thinking something in the angelic realm. Okay, that's a good guess. The sh- the names that are coming out, also, I saw last week that people think it's Valentine. No, I don't um, think so. I don't think it's that either. That's like a name from Poldark, so maybe she was also watching, mm. um, and that could have inspired her. But there was one name that's like sort of making the rounds, but uh, it's not as strong a guess as the others, which is Sunny. And I think that could be it, because it would go really well with Stormy. Yeah, but remember when Kim had North and then we thought like the next one would be like East? Yeah, so, but it's not I like, don't, it's not like Stormy and Rainy. Like it's, first of all, it's her son and it's sunny. And then it also like they, they go nicely. I think it's a possibility. I, I think it's a possibility, but I'm not convinced. Like, and you know what? I think what Kylie comes with is going to be something no one has thought of because that's so Kylie. And you know what else is so Kylie? Like she's just so effortlessly naturally cool. Like of course her child would be born 2222, which is like a date I'm sure a million people tried to get married on. It's like a cool day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the day after Stormy's birthday, which is just crazy. Mhm. But it's such a crazy coincidence. Also, Courtney had Mason and Rain on the same day, 5 years apart. Oh, that's cute. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I mean, when do you think we're going to find out the name? The odds are 1 in 365. Ooh. 366. When do you think we're going to find out the name? I don't know. I'm ready for it, though, Kylie. Please. Like, we need this. It's killing me. Yeah, like, we we need something to live for. Like, please. Yeah. No, when I saw last night, even that she, like, announced that she gave birth, like, it was just so exciting. And even though, like, we all knew she was giving birth any day now, still so shocking. You know what's so interesting about Kylie, too, when you compare her two pregnancies is, like, the first time around, she was, like, really not newly famous, but it was, like, coming off the heels of this crazy success. She was, like, the, you know, the first self-made billionaire, youngest, whatever. And she was, like, you know, they had the vlog, and it was this whole thing. And now she's just so chill, because, like, I think she's in a really good place. And she's, like, yeah, we had a baby. No big ta-da. Just, yeah, we had a baby. Yeah, maybe there'll be a big ta-da, though, with the name. Like, obviously, there has to be more content coming. I just, um, and I'm sure she's extremely busy. But if she could just get it on that name thing for us, that would be really, really good. Right. And she's just so chill. Like, she had the baby on the 2nd, and she told us on the 6th. And I'm sure she had to be in the hospital for a few days. Like, she's just, like, being a cool girl. Yeah. She's not like other girls. 
No, 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 she is not. No. So very exciting. I'm really curious to know what the name is. And I, I don't think anybody has guessed it. I don't think it's Angel and I don't think it's Heaven and Halo or anything like that. But I, I understand why people do. You know what else I saw? So she posted like a bunch of the flowers that she got. And I was I like screenshotted, zoomed course, in and read too. the card. Me too. And from it was Kim. from Kim North Saint. <laughs> it was from the Kardashian West crew. And I thought it was kind of, isn't it like a really formal, weird thing to do? Like for your sister, like go to her house and say congrats. Yeah, I guess. I thought. Imagine card- if I sent you flowers. Like, Well, <laughs> first of all, I thought the card was like so formal. And then second of all, I was like, am I, can I expect flowers from my sisters? That would be so nice to have all these flowers in my house. If you want, like, I can arrange that, but I wasn't planning on it. Like, it's I think it would extreme. be nice. That's something, like, that's something your accountant does. Yeah. I, no, but they, they send each other flowers for everything. And it's not just, like, flowers. It's a whole thing. But you know what? It also might. They love flowers. It would be nice. But flowers are a lot of maintenance. Like, when you're just, you know, a regular person and you're keeping them in your house and they're not, like, forever roses from in a vase. them. So I don't mm-hmm. know if, like, I'm already having to keep, like, all these things going on. I don't know if I can deal with flowers no i know it's like a it's a full-time job being a florist a botanist <laughs> if you will it's a full-time job having like plants and flowers in your house yes 100 percent. and then they like get smelly if you forget to water them for one day depending on how cheap they are like it's just like it's and then the petals fall all over the floor and like theo eats them and then i have to sweep them up like it sucks the smell is deadly but it is the smell yeah. of death like the flowers have died i'll never I'll never forget the first time I smelled like a truly dead flower because I didn't know. I thought like, okay, flowers wilt and maybe they lose their delicious smell, but they don't, you know, turn to uh, poison, decay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was shook. I'm like, what the fuck is that smell in my house? And I'm sniffing all over and I'm like, the flowers? I'm like, it was just like the most mind boggling thing to me. <laughs> that is funny. I don't think that the Kardashian flowers go bad like that. Speaking of decay, I did finish that um, documentary, Taken at Birth. Um, And I just want to say, I did recommend it. But at the end, I realized they, like, gaslit us the whole time. They had all these theories and uh, none of them turned out to be true. And I was just like, why did we watch a six-hour documentary? Like, we got, we got, like, nothing. Interesting. I tried to start this Tinder swindler because you made it sound really good. And I just, like, couldn't get, I couldn't get into it. Okay. It's not for everyone. But I watched, um... There's an American Greed episode about Elizabeth Holmes. You should watch it because it's one hour and it'll explain to you the situation. And uh, the only thing that I took away from it, from the half hour that I watched, um, which I thought you might find interesting, is that her fans who, like, just think she's a girl boss who's Mm -hmm. being mistreated, they're called the homies. Ooh, I'm such a homie. (laughs) I'm going to add that to my Instagram bio. Hashtag homie. Swifty, (laughs) homie, and (laughs) levotic. Perfect. I thought you might like that. I thought it was cute. Also, this doesn't really need to go in the TV recap, but I did watch the most bizarre documentary series. It's like a National Geographic series called um, Locked Up Abroad. And they have people come. It's an hour-long episode. And they tell the story of the time that they were put in jail abroad. And then they also have, like, actors, like, dramatize it while, like, the person who actually went through it narrates. And it is the most craziest thing. It was on Hulu. And I just want to say, if anyone listening to this podcast has ever thought, like, you know what? I'll do it one time. I'll make $5,000. Let me smuggle drugs from Peru. Do not do it. And the first rule of smuggling drugs is not on your body. Not on your body. Everyone knows that, okay? Just do Do not do it. Where do you do it then? So a lot of people have the drugs like metastasized to like different, I don't know if that's the right word, but like different substances and then they line the bottom of their suitcase with it and it can go through security 
totally fine unless you know you get pulled aside special you know but some dumb people like duct tape it to their body and then they put on like huge sweatshirts and so they're walking through the the airport like with enormous sweatshirts and sweatpants on like two two girls two young girls wearing huge hoodies and huge sweatpants oh that's not obvious don't that's what people wear these days no like you should have seen the dramatization they looked so stupid like i would have arrested them in a second interesting okay and it's so a really you, good show oh you would recommend it yes especially the one um about the woman who has a daughter and she smuggles drugs in i want to say ecuador and she ends up in ecuadorian prison for five years falls in love and gets married in prison has a baby and then like right when she finds out she's pregnant her appeal goes through and she has to go back to the states and leave her husband slash baby daddy in the prison sounds so like good. a hallmark movie so good sounds like a lifetime movie 100 okay are you ready for our next story is it the next story that happens to be brought to you by fuzzy yes if you have a pet you know they're a part of your family i mean brew daru magu you know and fuzzy knows that there's nothing that compares to coming home to a wiggle butt or waking up to soft purrs and that we want to keep our pets healthy and make them as happy as they make us so fuzzy is a telehealth service for pet parents that offers 24 7 access to personalized pet care from vet from veterinary professionals from everyday questions to middle-of-the-night emergencies, Fuzzy has the answers every pet parent needs. Through live chat, virtual vet consultations, available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Fuzzy can answer your pet questions big and small, urgent and every day. So I have Fuzzy because our vet, Dr. Lisa, told me about it, and it is life-changing just to know, like, I, I used to not know what to do. Like, if Theo ate something or he was, like, acting weird, you feel so helpless. So just having an app, you can get in contact with someone so fast it just is peace of mind really like you can't put a price on but fuzzy is putting a price on it and right now they're offering our listeners a free seven-day trial membership if you go to yourfuzzy.com slash toast today to sign up so it's a free seven-day trial at y-o-u-r-f-u-z-z-y.com slash toast and for a limited time fuzzy is offer also offering a special discount of twenty dollars off any of your pet product needs so that's meds supplements food and more when you use the promo code toast. So that's yourfuzzy.com slash toast for your free trial of fuzzy with access to 24 seven personalized pet care and vet recommended products. And just trust and believe like nothing is more important to us than the health and safety of our pets. And I trust fuzzy and so should you trust and believe trust and believe our next story. A fellow pet lover, queen Elizabeth is <laughs> shocking the world as she backs Camila as queen consort in a new statement. So first of all, it's the queen platinum jubilee 70 Woo-hoo! year anniversary of her on the throne. So there's just like a lot of celebration, a lot of queen news. Is she the longest reigning monarch? She is the longest reigning monarch, which is very exciting. She put out a letter, the majority of which thanks her subjects and remarks on the progress made during her reign. But near the end, she dropped what many consider to be a bomb. She said, quote, I remain eternally grateful for and humbled by the loyalty and affection you continue to give me and when in the fullness of my time my son charles becomes king i know you will give him and his wife camilla the same support that you have given me and it is no i don't think so and it is i don't think that i will 
and it is my sincere wish that when the time comes, Camilla will be known as Queen Consort as she continues her own loyal service. So this was a big deal because even though it's like impossible, a lot of people are fully like convinced that she will have, you know, Charles abdicate because he sucks and is hated by everyone. And William, who comes next, is like so beloved by the nation. And it seems like a no brainer. But I guess that's not how it works. And she's now fully confirmed that like Charles is gonna be king. Well, most people were, I mean, for me, that was the surprising part that like she is telling us like she's not skipping Charles. Like I literally... I really believed in my soul that she would find a way to skip him, that she knows that, like, he's not it, and that the future, like, if you want to, the monarchy is, it's already, like, it's always in peril, and if, Mm -hmm. like, we need a fresh start, and we need to modernize, and, like, nobody's here for Charles, we can all agree on that, so I just thought that perhaps there was a chance, so that's what's most shocking to me, is she's like, no, Charles is next in line, like, don't get it twisted, and most people are extremely shocked that Camilla will be known as Queen, but, I mean, if he is right. going to be king, then, yeah, she would be his queen. That doesn't shock me as much. Well, like, that's the whole part I actually don't understand. Like, how Philip was a prince. Okay. I finally understand it. Okay. Because a king outranks a queen every right. time. So if Philip were to become king, then he would outrank his wife, who is the monarch. And that's just not going to happen. Got it. Okay, okay. So he had to remain a prince so that she could be the number one girl in this group. So basically, the the person who married in is only going to get the king or queen title if it's a woman. Yeah. That rocks. Yeah. Finally, women succeeding in front of men. Yes. So that's why Camilla could be queen, and it's not like she's an actual queen like Queenie. Because she's a king. She's just, like, not a queen. I can't explain it. Like, she doesn't give off queeny vibes whatsoever. And I just, like, I see Kate as a queen. Like, I do. I think the nation loves her. I don't see Camilla as a queen. Now, I think that if Camilla and Charles were to mysteriously disappear, this might be Queenie covering her tracks, being like, no, he was supposed to be king. Oh, interesting. As if, like, this is her intention. I'm still holding on to hope. (laughs) I'm holding on to hope, too. And as far as Camilla, like, people really are anti-Camilla. Hate. I personally, I don't hate, I don't feel strongly one way or the other. And what like just saddens me is like when you watch The Crown or you know the story of like Charles and Camilla and like they should have gotten married first. And they didn't just because she wasn't a virgin. So like they brought Diana into it. They ruined so many people's lives Uh and like marriages and happinesses because she wasn't a virgin. And like, but, uh, but other than that, like she was a completely like suitable choice or she was like a little bit older than him too. She's a little like, I guess, you know, uh, wild. Why? Right. But like in hindsight, if you just let these two get married, they're clearly OTP. They love each other so much, even in their fucking seventies. Yeah. It would have been a completely different story. No, they would have loved, loved, loved Camilla. Like, they would have gotten past. It would have taken a little time to get past, like, ooh, she's had sex with a man. <laughs> like, they would have gotten over it. And then they would have just, like, come to love. And they, their love is real. Like, it is. It's not one of these arranged marriages. So people would have loved it. And it's you're right. It's like, what's that phrase? You know, pennies and, and nickels, you know? Like, save a penny. <laughs> Um, like when you do something in the short term and like you're not thinking long term. Yeah, it's definitely pennies and nickels. <laughs> What's the phrase? Um, a penny short, dollar. No, no. It's like save a penny, spend a dollar. A I don't ca- know. Save a penny, ride a I cowboy. Know. Jackie, I keep thinking save a horse, ride a cowboy also. <laughs> no, what is the phrase? A day late, a dollar short. <laughs> oh, maybe I'm misthinking, misrepresenting. Cutting off your nose to spite your face. Kind of. Okay, kind maybe of like they're, that. Whatever. 
But I do just think let me know in the comments what phrase what phrase you think applies. I think pennies and nickels. There is a phrase here. There's always a phrase. There's a phrase here. Do you not agree? For sure. No, for this sure. Is like quintess- this is quintessential phrase dumb. Yeah, no, there's lessons to be learned here. And I feel like even in watching Poldark, it's always this way. It's like just let the people marry who they wanted to marry because you're going to get into a big mess otherwise. Drama. Yeah. So those are my thoughts on that. But then also you could say like if it didn't go this way, then we wouldn't have William and Harry and et cetera, et cetera. That's true. Yeah. So whatever. That's the latest with the royals. Queen Camilla is a apparently allegedly on the horizon i'll believe is, it when i see it which is less shocking than king charles cavalier spaniel yeah you know maybe i could get behind it after all king charles only if they like you know how every the queen has like a a breed of dog she's obsessed with if king charles doesn't have king charles's um then i'm officially done with this family no as if i couldn't hate him more i agree if he doesn't have king charles's good day sir Good day, sir. Goodbye. Okay, that's that seems like a fair litmus Bar. test. Yeah. Yeah. Are you for ready for our next story? Two of your favorite people. Actually, this story has every element of a story for you. Really? Yes. Okay. Andy Cohen received the Hollywood Walk of Fame star. He was honored by John Mayer and the woman who came up <laughs> to the stage <laughs> fell. <laughs> to present it to him fell. Okay, I thought there were so many interesting things about this um, ceremony. One, I was surprised Andy didn't have a a star already, but he totally deserves it. Two, I thought that housewives who were chosen to be there were interesting. I only saw Garcelle and Lisa Rinna, which I just found to be just interesting. Maybe it's because they both live in L.A. and were available. Yeah, perhaps. Um, And I just loved that John Mayer was there. And I have to say, in Real Housewives of Miami, I despise Nicole. And when she said her... um, hall pass would be john mayer that was like the only time i related to her in like the smallest sense um john mayer's speech was hilarious you know riddled with housewives analogies he's obviously really into housewives i just want to say nicole definitely said that john mayer thing because she knows like andy and john and like john might see that like she's a thirst monster 100 percent. but i'll so talk about that in the tv recap. i have a question do you really think john watches real housewives like that or he had a ghostwriter i think he dabbles i do Has he i don't ever, think he I keeps mean, up like we do no but i but he obviously he made that like Lisa Barlow Heather Gay joke, which is like Barlow. extremely recent um, niche. So then he must keep up. But when he goes on Watch What Happens Live, like does he play Housewives trivia? I never I never thought about it. I just thought he was Andy's friend. I didn't think he was a Housewives like super fan. I feel like he only, he became a Housewives super fan after the baby shower. Like I think mm. at first he was like, oh, this is what my friend Andy does, and then he had so much fun with the ladies, and then like John Mellencamp's daughter was there, and I think he was like. This is just my theory. Like, I'm just hypothesizing. I think that that was the catalyst for him to be like, oh, maybe I should get into this. Interesting. I think that he had a ghostwriter who's obviously, like, not um, watching Salt Lake City with the same set of eyes that we are. And how, like, that of all the are. friendships yeah. on Real Housewives, period. Like, the fact that you think Heather Gay is, like, the friend of all friends, um, I find to be extremely. It's just mind-boggling. Extremely suspicious. So I actually, I didn't, and yes, I didn't the enjoy, woman, I didn't enjoy the content of his speech. The woman presenting the star to Andy when she got up on stage, she missed a step and she completely ate shit and she handled it with grace, kindness, and elegance. She acknowledged the fall. I think she said like, who cares? My dress is from Old Navy. I think she said something like that. Like she made a funny joke. She handled it with elegance. And you know what? I respect her for it. And not only do I respect her, I sympathize with her so wholeheartedly 
I think she wrote into Unburden Yourself today to share her story. So. <laughs> well, then we're going to help her through that. Yeah. No, she she did um, sail past it quite elegantly. But of course it made everyone. As elegant of, as one could. It made everyone think of you. Yeah, which I'm not like super pleased about. I can't lie. <laughs> You've unburdened that, like, yourself a little too much. That's what people much. associate with me. Yeah. No, I've been a little too honest with you guys. I agree. You got to play it closer to the chest. To the vest or to I the chest? The wit- vest. Mm, vest. Okay. Don't you think like the, the timing in which they decide to give people stars on, on the Walk of Fame like makes no sense? Yeah. When I saw the first picture of him getting his star, I just assumed it was like a throwback picture. Like what was the second? <laughs> what, like what? I don't understand. It's such a weird thing. And everyone it's like so gets it. so weird. Gets it like not at the cut. I mean, I guess you have to be like extremely established for a long time to be like that iconic to be on the walk. Not like uh, as you're ascending or even when you're at the, like you need time spent at the top. So by the time you do get it, it's Years. like, well, duh. How did you not have one before? Yeah, that's true. But every time I see someone getting their star, I'm like, they just got it. Yeah. Yeah. Shook. Are you ready for a fifth and final story? It's another Claudia's choice for sure. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. NYU launches a new course about Taylor Swift for the 2022 spring semester. New York University's Clive Davis Institute has officially launched a brand new course on Taylor Swift for its spring semester variety reports. Quote, this course proposes to deconstruct both the appeal and aversions to Taylor Swift through close readings of her music and public discourse as it relates to her own growth as an artist and a celebrity. The course description reads. What are your thoughts? So I just want to say... Okay, like, obviously, NYU does something, like, cool 10 years after I graduated, and I had to sit through the Loserville population us at NYU. People at NYU are, like, so averse to, like, mainstream things. Like, if you're not wearing a beanie and, like, drinking an iced chai with, you know, non-GMO milk, like, they're not interested in you. So I have a feeling – I could see nobody signing up for this class, first of all. Second of all, it's in the Clive Davis Music School, which is like a really, really small program. It's where Maggie Rogers was discovered. It's extremely prestigious. So it's not really like anyone can sign up for this class. If you've been through like the class signups, you know how crazy it is. So this is going to no one. No one who like is a Taylor Swift like mega fan who just goes to like regular like the liberal arts program is going to be able. Oh, sorry. Is going to be able to get into this program. And I just want to say reading the course description, it really should be in like the psychology major because it's not like they're talking about her music or like her lyrics they're like well the aversion and the obsession it's really like a psychology course I guess so. sociology okay you explaining that it's part of Clive Davis and like that it's this small school of full of, full of like music experts and I'm sure there are other classes similar to this about other artists but because like it's Taylor Swift and it's new like it's making news it made news but before you just shared that like I just thought this was extremely uh moronic it's like (laughs) just go on tumblr like what it's like it's so silly like $55,000 a year to learn about Taylor Swift what from a professor who doesn't know her like doesn't know more about her than anyone else can seek out this is the ruse and the manipulation that is college education. The most useless waste of money, 100%. Like, imagine sending your kid, working so hard your whole life, sending your kid to get a great education at NYU, and they come home and they're doing Taylor Swift homework. No discredit to Taylor Swift. But it's just so, like, it's 
it's so college. Like, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Like, And this where, is not me saying anything bad about Taylor Swift. Not, you guys know. I, I agree. Not even close. But, like, where are the useful skills? Like, you, could spend, like, you could spend your whole day on, like, Tumblr, Instagram, like, going through Taylor Swift's, like, concert DVDs. And, and that's – and get the course work. And you could write a thesis. But, like, what are we teaching the children? No. Teach them something. It makes sense because it's in the, the music program. So, it's yes. Like, so, yes, I agree with you. But um, I just think overall, like, what is this – say about college i just think college is so dumb like i can't getting dumber by the day i'm super grateful for like the opportunity to have had a higher education and everyone who went to college is very very like lucky and blessed but i just think in the real world like there's nothing really that you learn at college that you can't learn like just being a human being out working meeting like there's really no tangible in my opinion unless you're going to like law school med school i don't come for me because i respect higher education i do i just think that like i really can't pinpoint something i learned in college that helped me in the real world i'm being dead serious yeah i have a few different thoughts on this and i i agree with you if you're in a specialized field yes it is extremely critical you're gonna become a nutritionist yes the doctor, scientist, bioengineer, like we're not talking about We're not that. talking about you. Um, no, but you're talking about like the broader liberal arts education where you can take a class like Taylor Swift's rise and what it means for society. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nonsense. I think a lot of what is learned in college is nonsense, but I do think the the practice of like going to college, like you, you are a teenager when you arrive and mm-hmm. it's like, it's kind of like this buffer where by the time you emerge like you're able to be on your own like at college you're on your own but you're not really yeah. there are all of these like things in place like you know you're living by yourself but it's like a dorm and there you're going to get your own food but it's a meal plan and it's like halfway to adulthood and I think it's a, a great transition for, tra- for people to transition and I think also for a lot of people like working especially in a lot of like books that I've read like especially nonfiction books like working to get to college can completely free you from whatever circumstances yeah. you were born into and and the world then becomes your oyster like think of the show made right like the opportunities you get well that's just like a fucked up part of but, society right, but that's a fucked up part of society a hundred percent but like you can have gone to college and not gone to college and one doesn't make you smarter than the other so like this, no. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like the emphasis we put on having a college degree mm-hmm. in order to get good jobs like and I'm not saying doctors, of course, doctors need to go to school. Like, please stay. <laughs> but just like the emphasis we put on college and also the way it's like not equally available to everyone. It's just we're setting everyone up for failure. Right. I completely agree. And then you also get into the conversation of like, you know, elite institutions and like the college admission scandal. Corruption. And how there's thousands of colleges in the country, yet everybody's fighting and clamoring to get into these few where, by the way, you can learn about Taylor Swift there. It's just, it's silliness. And I agree with, like, the the structure itself and the fact that, you know, there's only so much you can do if you don't go to college. That the system it, is, like, setting people up for failure, people who don't have access to higher education. Yes, but but also the system, like, it, it has afforded a lot of people, like, opportunities. Tickets be, out. Yeah, but it's like, why can't you get that ticket otherwise yeah no I just think the emphasis society puts on college is so stupid like because you can really do anything and it doesn't matter if you have a college degree or not depends on what you're doing yes yeah yeah was that a hot take I'm sure yeah but we've said that before yeah and I'm not saying I disrespect higher education academia the scholars I don't I respect you what you do is empowering and important I just think like the system in which 
we like discredit people who don't have college degrees when in the end like I'm not that much more different because I went to college right when a lot of college degrees some college degrees are worthless agreed mine (laughs) well those are the fast five you absolutely needed to know them we have so much more to discuss um but those were the fast five stories and next what are we doing next claude what's program have in store for us well so you i think we should do unburden yourselves because in case anyone didn't watch euphoria we will put all the tv recap at the end of the show and we'll just quickly unburden ourselves great okay that sounds like a plan okay this first one is so funny okay ready Hello, Jackie and Claudia. I'm so happy to hear about this new segment you're doing because while the subject of this burden is small, the embarrassment around it is certainly anything but. I'm in a group chat with two of my coworkers who are a few years older than me. They're both married, 30-something men. While we become great friends through work who hang out fairly often, there still is this unspoken boundary between the three of us considering my relationship with them is rooted in work. The two of them were discussing something in the group chat that I didn't understand. I sent them a screen recording of me Googling the topic to show how clueless I was to it. While I was trying to make a joke around their topic of discussion, I ended up being an even bigger one. At the top of the video, when I was searching in Google, all my previous Google searches populated briefly while I was typing out what I had intended. (laughs) Since I was recording the video and the drop down was quick, I didn't even realize you could see it. After sending the video, one of the guys responded, Are we going to discuss why is my poo small rocks, (laughs) which unfortunately, which was was one of my Google searches, along with a lengthy list of other mortifying other searches. She sent me a screenshot. I had been caught red handed that I couldn't even deny it or come up with a decent lie. They send me ads for Metamucil now and on my desk, they left a packet of pop rocks, but taped a small over the top of the title. So she sent me a screenshot. Here are her other Google search. Ferragamo Loafers, okay. Tau, Chicago, Free People, Waco miniseries. Obviously, she was watching The Toast. Reindeer Boob, Why Is My Poo Small Rocks, mini credit card. Okay, everything is fine. What's a reindeer boob? But um, why is my poo she small rocks? to see what it... So this isn't an advice segment, but if you were asking for our advice, you obviously need to leave your job, leave the state, um, maybe the country. That is so embarrassing, except I, it could be worse because it could have been like, why am I having raging diarrhea? Like at least like small rocks poop is like girly poop. It's like you're so like you're so dainty so, and cute. Yeah, like you can't make even a- make a poop because you're such a cute little girl. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like. If they, I guess they knew already that you poop, technically. So it's like, and you have small rocks poop. If they had to imagine you poop, at least they're not imagining you like sweating totally naked on the toilet, like crying, terrible <laughs> like she, pain, like screaming she, for help. Like Sean Mendes. Mendes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if now when they envision you, they're like, oh, she's so cute. She can't even make like a full poop. <laughs> screaming for help. Yeah, like, I always say, like, don't ever be nervous in front of anyone because, like, everyone has had moments where they are completely naked, sweating like an animal, crying, screaming for help on the toilet. Like, that happens to everyone, even Shawn Mendes. So, you know what? At least the picture they have of you pooping is not the Shawn Mendes picture. It's just, like, cute little, like, I don't even poop. Small rat. I think this is great. I'm happy for you. Congratulations. No, and you know what? There really- could have been so much worse. 
It could always be worse. I've ever Googled. You need to remember yeah. it can always be worse. And here's the silver lining. At least it was small rocks poop, not like big turd. How <laughs> big sweaty Sean Mendez girly. <laughs> How to unplug toilet. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, like, there's just so much other... <laughs> Are you okay? Are you I'm okay? Gonna, like, I'm going to pee my pants. You You're literally going to go into labor. <laughs> yeah, someone once said, I'm going to go into labor from laughing on the toast, and this is on the, the kind of laugh that could do it. Oh, my... But you know what? We're giving sage advice. Like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I feel... I feel like uh, if I, you've had a laugh about this, we, then you can move on. We, I need to move fine. on. Or and you know what? At least I need to move yeah. on or, or my okay. water's going to <laughs> Well, as expected, like most of our submissions are about pooping. I don't know why, but that seems to be the thing that most people have associated with shame. Hello, Jackson, and Claude. How you doing? And us. First, I just wanted to say that I love you both so much. You ladies are truly the best part of my day. When I heard about this new segment, I knew I had to write in. Now for the unburdening. I have a duty secret that gives me the biggest pit. It was last Friday when I was making my way back to school after a wonderful toasty winter break. Hold on. I need to, um, this font, it's like I need my glasses. I'm getting so old. Okay. It was last Friday when I was making my way back to school after a wonderful toasty winter break when my stomach started to rumble. I was already about halfway back to school, so I figured I would just make it through the last 45 minutes of the drive without having to stop, and in my favor, my stomach did settle down. Fast forward, and I'm about 10 minutes away from school, and my stomach starts to rumble again, but this time, it's urgent. I'm on the main road into the school, but there are only farms, thanks, again, central Pennsylvania, and there's no bathrooms in sight. At this point, (laughs) I'm about to duty in my pants, so I do what I had to do, and I pulled over grabbed some antibacterial wipes, ran around to the side of the car, and waited for some cars to pass, squatted, and took a duty (laughs) right there on the side of the road. Even just writing this to you is giving me the biggest pit, but I did what had to be done, and this will be the one secret that I take to my grave. Sincerely, a shameful duty toaster. I mean, lesson learned. Next time, stop while there's places to be stopped. At least, like, you did it. It's done. It's farmland, so they'll just think it was an animal. Yeah. And they're not. They're used to seeing, like, you know, poops abound. And nobody saw you, it sounds like. So just make sure you, the right lessons are learned here. And then it's not a mistake if you if you've learned something. And you know what? You have actually inspired me to unburden something that I did this weekend. Oh, my God. What did you do? It's really bad. I wasn't even going to bring it up because I think it's technically like a crime. Okay. You want to? Are you sure you want to bring it up? Yeah. We can always cut it out. Okay. What the fuck did you do? So we went to Wawa on our way home and I had to pee so bad. Okay. And they wouldn't let me use the bathroom. I was like screaming. I'm like, please. So I get back to the Uber. I'm on the I'm on the the seat behind the driver and we pulled up on the right so my door is in the road not on the curb mm-hmm. and it was like four in the morning and it was like a, a main road but it was mostly empty so I just pulled my pants down I leaned my back against the passenger door and I squatted like I was on a toilet and I just peed in the middle of the street oh okay so yeah technically like peeing in public is um a crime no but I actually think it well it depends where you are on the city yeah like in the city you can do it these days 
And yeah, no, I see people doing it all the time in the city. And if I had to be subjected to like one more scary man whipping out his penis and peeing in a water bottle by a payphone, I think that I'm entitled to relieve myself at four in the morning on an empty street when I'm in a lot of pain. It was a medical emergency at this point. Got it. Okay. Sounds like you took care of business. All right. This next one is is harmless, I think, honestly. And it's the final one. Sorry. First off, obsessed with the toast. You guys make my day every day. Now let the unburdening begin. Last night, I was out at a bar in New York City, and I made the cardinal sin of leaving my jacket on the coat rack because this place had no coat check. When I was leaving, my friends and I were grabbing our coats to go out into the tundra when I noticed that my expensive coat was, of course, the only one missing from the rack. In true tipsy girl fashion, I decided to remove all the coats from the rack and place them on the floor if they didn't resemble my missing jacket. I was calling it process of elimination, but the bouncer called it grounds for termination. I haven't been kicked out of a bar since I was 21, and I just felt the need to get this off my chest. P.S. It turns out a girl stole my coat and was hiding it under her table while watching the whole debacle. It's a harsh world. Well, I hope that means that you got it back. And up until, like, knowing where it went, I would assume that someone had left with it. Like, that's fucking infuriating, especially when you're drunk and you're at the end of the night and it's like – your emotions are are flared up due to alcohol and you're cold and you want to leave it's really annoying to have your coat stolen but I really hope that you got it back and that in some way this girl got hers no but there's like a lot of shame with being kicked out of a bar I was kicked out of a bar like about a year ago and it was like one of the worst nights of my life like it's so shameful you just feel like a vagrant like and no like what you're just being like a menace you're usually you obviously can get kicked out of a bar for like starting fights but like I feel like most of the time it's like you're just being like an asshole because you're drunk and you're like yelling at people um and it's like embarrassing I got um kicked out of a bar about a year ago for puffing a jewel like they had a no jewel policy and like I didn't even get a second chance that's not embarrassing then it was no it was harmless and that's why I was like so I the problem was is that I got kicked out and I snuck back in and then the guy found me while I was waiting in line for the bathroom and he was like didn't I kick you out and I was like so wasted I was like do I know you? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? No, I just got here. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a bar worth going to. You can't have a fucking jewel. It's a really fun bar. I'm not going to lie. But I don't want to be- name it because I don't want to associate myself like as the girl who got kicked out of it, you know? Got it. Got it. And I love that bar. And I just want to say if anyone who owns the bar who knows what I'm talking about, like, I would love to come back, please. Yeah. And th- rethink your jewel policy. Yeah. I mean, like, the worst things go down in a bar. 100%. Um, So that was Unburden Yourselves. And you know what? It was a great kickoff to our new segment. If you want to shoot us an email, it's Unburden Yourselves. It's plural because we couldn't get access to the other one. It's Unburden Yourselves at gmail.com. And I enjoyed that very much. Me too. Me too. Um, And now I think we can officially dive into the TV recap, which is brought to you by Jenny Kane. Jenny Kane Home creates California-inspired classics for any room or mood. They're grounded in natural textures and inviting neutrals. They are the pieces you'll love coming home to. So their Pacific bed, the linen um, and Busel, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but finding the perfect perfect bed can be tough because you want to be elevated yet enduring and able to evolve with any design choice. And that's where the Pacific bed from Jenny Kane Home comes in. With classic colors like ivory and charcoal and timeless fabrics that work with any bedroom style, the Pacific bed is a piece you'll have for years to come. And it's available in natural linen, ivory linen, charcoal linen, and ivory wool bounds. I feel like this style's really in trend right now. And Jenny Came Home makes like really good quality pieces of furniture because sometimes when you're buying furniture, you really don't know how it's made. Jenny Kane is like a legit good, reputable brand and all their pieces are really, really well made. Like their Brentwood chair, which comes in ivory and natural. The handcrafted accent chair that everyone is obsessed with. It's perfect for your bedroom, living room, the den. 
and it's available in two shades, Ivory Wool Busel. Um, and if you can't get enough of Jenny Kane, join Jenny Kane Rewards. Exclusive perks, benefits like birthday surprises and early access to new launches. Plus, you can earn up to 10% back on all purchases. Join today and you'll get 100 points. So create the space you'll never want to leave at JennyKane.com. And get 15% off your first order when you use code TOAST at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code TOAST. All right. Should we start with Miami? Yes. So I really enjoyed it. I agree with all your sentiments from the beginning of the show. I think it's beautifully done. I think they cast it really well. Um, Personally, like, I definitely gravitate towards Marisol and Alexia. And I know that that might be a toxic choice because, like, in in Montauk, Marisol, like, was being toxic. But she had this information and she just went about sharing it in, like, such a bad way, almost like a mean girl way. Like, who do you trust the least? Like, that's stupid. If you have this information, just share it with everyone. Like, don't be embarrassed. Share it. Yeah, I agree. I'm not, like, completely here for Marisol and Alexia. Like, I do think that they're kind of mean girls, but I think that they're, like, great housewives. They're Uh just, like, not my um, cup of tea, necessarily. I still am a Larsa Stan. I, I, like, really just like her energy. She just seems like a funny person to be around. She seems calm, too. Yeah, like, very calm and just, like, smart and sure of herself. And watching this, like, really made me sad that her and Kim are no longer friends. And it's so funny because, like, so many of, like, her mannerisms or just the things that she says remind me of Kim. And I could see how, you know, they got along at one point because they're both, like, have just that same energy of just calmness and a little bit of shade. And I, I, like, I wish, I hope that one day they can be friends again, but I don't know what happened and I doubt we ever will. And I don't think that there's any coming back from it for her. And I think she knows that. And so she took her talents to Miami. To Miami. I'm also was really surprised to learn that her and Scottie Pippen are still technically married. I did not know that. I thought they'd been divorced for like a hundred years. Yeah. And the, me too. I just assumed that they had like divorced even before she was on Real Housewives season one. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that they're like their life is so interesting, and I mean their kids are so cute. But the fact that they still even have like their childhood home, and that like Larsa is living there, it's just like so, so crazy. The whole situation. Weird. Also, her OnlyFans. It's one great storyline for Housewives. Um, and that the fact that like everyone's like fighting. It's interesting to see like the way that people treat it. You can like learn a lot from them. I thought Alexia was being like so awful about so it. So judgmental at the first pool party and a lot of the other women were more open-minded and it's not as if like Larsa like does it in secret or like didn't tell the other women and like someone found it like she's very open about it and um just like who cares who I mean who cares but like yeah um, that was a bad moment for Alexia like really bad who fucking cares yeah and then like Adriana like coming over and wanting to like sell feet pics for $200 and like literally pathetic it was giving Vanderpump rules feet for nose pics well I think we should talk about Adriana because you know in the OG seasons she was a, a, a top tier one of my favorites heavy hitter and now knowing that she's not even a housewife, she's I guess she's considered a friend of because she's not holding an apple at the beginning. She doesn't have a tagline, um, but she's making such an effort like to get attention and be like crazy, get in the tub with my titties out. And knowing that she didn't even become a housewife, it puts this like kind of sad spin on everything she does. I'm like, she obviously wanted to be back on the show so bad. She's trying to make a moment out of everything. And it didn't even work. There's so much sadness surrounding everything that she's doing and, like, desperation. And even, like, the the situation with the rooms, which was, like, such a – it was probably, like, peak rooms on a trip housewives situation. Yeah. And 
it became this like big fight and it's like the person who like got naked in the master suite took a bath and poured water and everyone like still can't get arrested it was about lisa it's not even close to about yeah like it's about lisa just for having an attitude when it's like literally nobody cares what adriana does or says and also even her relationship with julian having like such disrespect like for her marriage it just is so thirsty and weird and i also like i even when she like came for gertie at the party and also when um they were party planning and Gertie and Julia were both opening up about their experiences like her reaction I thought to Gertie was like so cold and it just everything she does with Julia like it's so weird everything she does is just like the wrong take it's just wrong and I agree and it's made even more sad by the fact that at one point like she was the alpha on the show yeah she's like overstayed her welcome I, I don't think she should have been a part of this um, reboot but Julia I think is one of the most interesting women we've ever had on Housewives first of all when she said her wife was Martina I was shook like obviously I've shook. heard of who that was like mm-hmm. that's an actual famous person like it was just I wasn't expecting her to say that I'm like oh my god and I also wasn't expecting her to say she had a wife like she's just so dynamic and so you know interesting she just is so different than any of the women I think we're used to seeing come on the show um I think her, and she lives on a farm like I think her life with Martina is so cool and different and I think she's such a cool girl like I could see myself wanting to be friends with her she seems really fun um and her being hungover and saying um she's sick she's not hungover is the most Ben Soffer thing on the planet like waking up after drinking like an animal being like oh man I have food poisoning no you had too much alcohol like I hate when people do that literally I'm glad the girls called her out on it also calling 911 for a hangover is insane like the way that they were all being morons about her hangover was infuriating infuriating um but back to julia really quickly when she shared that story about um her son who was basically killed by their nurse i was i never heard a story so crazy in my whole life that's like something you see on svu like shaken baby syndrome it was Mm -hmm. so sad and so shocking and I tried to do a little bit of research and there's like you know theories that she was like with a Russian oligarch and they had the thing arranged like it's just so crazy and I just made me love her even more yeah no she has such an interesting personality story it's and all the women like really gravitate towards her which is just so funny because like they're all the women are like so similar and like into the same things and it's like at the end of the day like everyone just wants to be like loved by julia but i think in general as it pertains like the drama of the show like people aren't really here for her presence because she doesn't really add much but i think she when she's around i don't care she lifts the spirits of the other women and makes everything a good time but also like the way that she like enables adriana and their friendship and like the friend engagement was just it's a big fat no for me it's so weird i agree like she's an almost perfect housewife except like her obsession with adriana is so bizarre and like adriana bringing two dates to the art show like i don't know what adriana thinks she's doing but it's not working someone has to tell her it's not working and also like aside from the fact that adriana's behavior is cringy and everything she tries to do like just comes off like so not as how she intended like she put on this art show for this huge tennis like this is a huge opportunity I don't know what kind of other art shows she does but like this is major the art is really sweet like Martina's Mm -hmm. like giving her this I loved the art and to even bring one date to that like where you have to like you're there to sell art and to like schmooze and and not to bring two dates and like make it all about you just like again she just completely misses the mark every single time yeah um also I really want to talk about 
Alexia's family dynamic because I find it really interesting. I watched the OG show. I remember when Frankie got in the accident. It was so sad and I'm so glad to see him doing so well. He's such a sweet kid and every time he's on my screen, he's just like saying cute things and I know Alexia loves him so much but the thing with her other son, Peter, is actually really crazy and while I think maybe Todd's was a little harsh, I kind of agreed with his sentiment. Like, and you were the one who just told me that, like, he, what did Todd say? He's like, you're going to end up in jail. Like, yeah, you're, you're a loser. loser and you're going to end up in jail. And last month. And you just a- told me. He was arrested for domestic violence against his girlfriend. He's a troubled kid. He's a bad kid. And Todd was, like, trying to warn. And I think Alexia is a very sweet woman. But he wasn't wrong in saying that she enables his behavior. I mean, the, even the mere fact that he gave his younger brother pot is so insane. Yeah. And and he had that episode and he doesn't even seem apologetic. He's just mad that Todd yelled at him. Like he's like a spoiled kid and he's like 25. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think people were like, yeah, sure. Todd's message is, is on point, but the delivery was awful. I don't even think the delivery was awful because I don't think they would have heard him if he didn't speak in such harsh, plain terms. I think like all three of them really are used to being like so coddled, but also sometimes like it does take an outsider to look at your situation and be like, you're not handling it. Like, and I'm sure Alexia has every well-meaning and I can't even imagine what she's been through. And so it's no fault of her of hers. Mm-hmm. But humans are only equipped to handle so much. And like, I think yeah. that he's actually the perfect partner for her because he's not afraid. Like, I think a lot of people would be afraid. Like, I don't want to step into this. I don't want to, you know, get I don't want Give you my to opinion. resent me. Yeah, I don't want like Alexia. They're supposed to get married like this could ruin things for them. But like, he's really more interested in actually seeing them do doing better that he's like willing to sacrifice how they see him for a second to let them know what they need to know. I, I thought it was actually one of the most compelling scenes in Housewives, like of, of a personal scene that I've ever seen. And yeah. I was so glad that eventually they were able to hear what he was saying and not just be mad at the fact that, and the way that he, he was, was saying, saying it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like when he said, Frankie's not my son. Like, yes, he's not your son, but like you're marrying, like that's just not the sentiment you want to move forward with. Yeah. That made me cringe. And it made me cringe that a lot of the conversation was being had in front of Frankie. Um, You were the one who told me, like, you read this conversation was actually two hours long and Frankie wasn't there for most of it. But I just think the fact that he was there for even some of it, like, was uncomfortable. It seems like he was there towards the end when there was, like, reconciliation happening. I don't think he heard the worst of it, even though they made it seem like he did. Okay. Um, But I just love Alexia. And I think, like, the way she talks about the Herman stuff, I mean, and Marisol said it too, like, I don't know if I would be as graceful and, and... lovely um like the way she just like really loved Herman and like isn't even she probably was at one point but is now isn't even mad at the fact that he cheated and had this whole secret life she just like wants to know like he was happy in in that part of his life and I just I don't know I just I think she's like a really unique person I I really like her I think she's sometimes she comes off badly with the other women because she's just like she has so much going on she can't deal with this moronic Nicole and Lisa behavior like I I get it but then it's like Marisol's like you know, Alexia has so much going on. She yes, can't deal. Yes, and then wedding. She's, and then she's like, her wedding got canceled. I'm like, wait, that's not so much going on. That's like, you know, surf, like, no. sure, it's stressful. That's annoying. not the shit that's keeping Alexia up at night. Right, right. So I didn't Marisol, think Marisol did a bad job. I agree, completely agree. I was like, stop saying that. It makes it sound stupid. Yeah. Um, other housewives who are present, uh, Nicole and Lisa. I loved Lisa then. I still really like her now. And I, I don't know why I thought her personality was like different than how it actually is. And she's very like chill and relaxed and like sure of herself. Yeah. But 
a little boring too but i feel like she definitely turns up um and i would have thought like she'd be more of like a people pleaser even with the room stuff but the fact that like these are all like seriously glamorous established women and most of them are sharing rooms and it's fine and she's just like no i and i do understand like needing personal space especially on a group of trip. course i say that every time we go on a group trip i'm like i don't care where we stay i just want my own space and then i wind up in a room with uh four people <laughs> <laughs> um and i'm surprised no other housewife in general like puts their foot down about that but usually the women do get their own rooms and i also think like lisa's just like not that friendly with anyone to be sharing a room with them except the way, for except her friendship with larsa i think is really like fun and when she like is asking larsa if she can stay with her and she's like shut down it's like well, fuck this lisa's totally justified in wanting her own room i do think like i understand larsa's frustration because first of all to find a house in the hamptons that's nice and that fits and that has a pool and it's on the beach like it's the it is an impossible task and the fact that they found that house is a miracle so i understand larsa being like enough but Lisa has every right to want her own room. But, like, the way she just, like, demanded it, like, a spoiled brat, like, that's the problem. No one's questioning, like, you, the like, the reasoning. You're entitled to want your own space. I totally get that. So why don't you just bow out? Be like, honestly, like, love you so much. Thank you for setting this up. But, like, I just would feel more comfortable at a hotel. Like, I just don't think she – she just was, like, trying to start shit. Like, she was being a bitch. I think it was – she. it was, a, like, a long travel day and she was grumpy. Yes. I'm going to yes. it up to that. Um, and Nicole. I really don't like her. I liked her in the beginning. Um, I think she came out a little strong with all of her, like, personal scenes. Like, I personally don't care. I don't know you. Um, that's, like, just my rule. Like, I, I need to have you for at least two seasons before I care about your, your family. Like, that's just me. Sorry. Um, mm -hmm. And I do think some of the shit Marisol said, I, I, be I actually believe Marisol 100% because Nicole didn't even deny it. She just, like, watered it down. So I do believe that she said that shit. And... I feel like she was like, let's just normalize like judging each other. And yeah, I guess. But like, I, I'm, I'm a judgmental person. But like, I think some of the shit she was saying was like really mean. Yeah, I think that they're both. Both right, sort of like, first of all, I agree that she probably said those things, but it was also probably like before she even met Larsa, like when if we were if you were in that situation, it's like, okay, we're going to be on the show with this cast of girls and here's this person and that person. Like, we, we would talk privately, like, about, I mean, it's different because we're sisters, but, like, you would, like, you would just say your snap judgments based on, like, what you expect people to be like. But I also believe her when she says, yeah, I had these preconceived notions and I was wrong. And I think that that's, like, kind of okay. I, I, I thought she handled it in a, in a, in a new way for Housewives yes. as opposed to being like, I didn't say I didn't that say it. or like doubling down. She was like, no, I, I said that not as maliciously as you're saying that I said it, but also I was wrong and, and I really like you. And I felt like that was kind of okay. I, I, it was and a different do, approach for it sure. It was a different approach. And I do feel like Marisol was really trying to start stuff. And it's also like what you think about someone before you meet them versus like three months later like at what point is it irrelevant like we're friends now I said this before I ever knew who you were sure that's an, a poor reflection on me that I would be so judgmental but like that's just no, no longer the case you know so it's like either yeah okay. say that on day one think... like either say it at the pool party like oh Nicole you uh you now you met Larsa do you still think she's a hooker and you don't want to be associated with her but don't wait until two people become right. like actually friends to like bring up some old shit yeah, but don't you think, like, I understand having, like, mis misconceptions about people, preconceived notions, um, but don't you think, like, to go from you're a hooker, I don't want to be associated with you, to the extensiveness of the platform is kind of a big jump? Yes. Like, come on. 
Yes, but it, it could be all. It could be like that she met Larsa, really liked her, which I can understand. It's a jump. Because, you know, I'm a big Larsa stan. And also, before I saw Larsa on Watch What Happens Live last week, and you, if you would just like ask me my thoughts on Larsa Pippen, just like if you asked Nicole her thoughts on Larsa Pippen before they started filming together, like I would have probably said like, mm, you know, thirsty, whatever. But then like even just watching her on TV, I was like, oh no, she's not those things. So that is what like Nicole was saying. Like, it is kind of just human nature. And sure, it's better to like not share unsavory opinions about people. But I'm sure they all were just talking about like, who are the new girls in the group? What's everyone been up to? And Marisol just, like, booked what Nicole said and threw her under the bus. I just really don't like Nicole. Like, I was, like, living for that, her getting called out. Um, I I do really like Gertie. I think she's, like, one of the best dressed housewives. Oh, my gosh. All the women are amazingly dressed. Gertie is a breath of fresh air. I know a lot. She gets on the other girls' nerves, and it made me really sad when Adriana said, nobody here likes you, and only Martina stood up for her. I was like... Oh, you know yeah, I, that was sad. Someone else should have been like, "I like you," uh, unless they really don't. But like, yeah, she, Julia, you're literally she threw this party for you, Julia. Speak up. She threw this party for you, Alexia. She's your wedding planner and your friend. Like, where was everyone else? That just made me sad. Um, but I love her energy. Oh, I didn't and, even realize that. <laughs> yeah, I was just thankful that Martina said something because, like, what, what a shitty feeling. Like to be told oh, horrible, and nobody also just another up. poor reflection on Adriana for even saying nobody here likes you. Like, what are you twelve? Literally, I also think um, her marriage is really a really sweet story. Like that they met in the eleventh grade, and I love that he's a firefighter. Obsessed, they're so cute. I'm so obsessed, and I I really like I like her so much. I don't know how other people feel, and I I guess like some of the women don't like her, and she's a lot. But I think she brings a lot to to we'll the see. party. That conversation personally resonated with me. I think I'm more of a Gertie than an Adriana. Like, I definitely am not everyone's cup of tea. I'm, like, loud and annoying. And so I I hate when people are like, can you calm down? Like, that's just who I am. Fuck off. Like, don't be my friend. Don't tell me to calm down. Like, that's like saying don't be me. Yeah. Yeah. So all in all, I think it's a great franchise. I think it's really well done. I think a lot of people are like, let's get it on Bravo. Like, as if that's some sort of upgrade. But I like it the way it is. Like, I don't know if they've been releasing episodes episodically they are. or weekly. Oh, and next because week, I like having a bunch to watch. And you saw the preview for next week, for this week? Adriana talking about Kanye's Kanye. dick. Yes. I mean, one, again, Adriana, the fucking woat. And I look forward to seeing Larsa put her swiftly in put her, her in place. place. Yeah. Like, I cringe. Yeah, I can't stand. Cannot stand, Adriana. Cannot stand. I'm glad we can agree on that. Like, she is the villain. A hundred percent. But nobody even cares um, Let's about talk it. about... Oh. Like, she's the right, villain. No, you can't be the villain if nobody cares about you. <laughs> um, I just... I, hate, I literally can't stand her. Also, I just want to say, like, Larsa Marie Jewelry is so pretty. I looked at the Instagram last night. Larsa's, just like, expensive. I know, but Larsa's always wearing, like, such nice jewelry. And, like, I, like it's, like, dainty, but also, like, it's, like, fine jewelry... I just, like, really like the vibe. Don't be surprised if I show up in some Larsa Marie jewelry. No, I agree. It's very on trend. I stand harder than ever, just want to say. Um, let's talk about the chaotic mess that was Salt Lake City last night where we wrapped up the trip in Zion and Lisa Barlow absolutely <laughs> lost her mind. Um, I did enjoy, like, watching her be crazy just because she's so, in my opinion, up until this point, has just been, like, so refined to the to the point where it's, like, almost calculated. Yep. Um, her saying she was richer than all the women, like, question mark, question mark, question mark. Even though that's not saying a lot, I think this group is running on fumes financially. Um, 
she was being so weird. I don't under like I can't even recap this show because I don't understand who's mad at who for what. For real. I can't recap this show. There Whitney's performance that last night in the red dress, like running around the house, like saying, like, where's Mary Cosby to save Meredith? And also, like, when Meredith Psychotic. literally, when Mer- when she went to the k- kitchen to, like, bring up with Meredith again, like, to just just keep banging her head against the wall, Meredith Going. fucking puts her in her place swiftly to the point where, like, Whitney just has to, like, walk away with her tail between her legs. And then she comes upstairs and recounts what happened as if, like, she, you know, was the... She won. She was the victor. I'm like, girl. And it yeah. wasn't until Mary said... You know, it's really frustrating arguing with someone who's so drunk. Did, it, did I realize that she was that drunk? Because a few nights before, a few episodes before. No, it was um, that night that they were in Aspen or Vale and everyone was coming for Mary. They were dressed as like um, yeah, Oktoberfest. Yeah, yeah. And Mary left because she's like, I'm not arguing with drunk people. They won't even remember what they said the next day. And I, you could tell that everyone was really drunk and that Mary wasn't. So I was like, okay, that's fine. I didn't even realize that at this junction – Whitney was so drunk again. That's why she was making zero fucking sense. And it was infuriating to watch. For me, one of the biggest moments of the episode was when Meredith flipped the tables on Whitney and was like, what if I told you I didn't believe you that you haven't heard from your dad in months? Which is something obviously Whitney shared. And Heather and Whitney being in the back of the car, recapping that, being like, that's a low blow. It's literally what you did. It's actually it's not even as bad as what you did because we, Meredith's dad passed away. Like what you, and I guess a lot of people are like, Meredith, why don't you just tell them when it was? And I get that. But to justify these morons, these drunk morons with a response, it's disrespectful. I understand. I know it's frustrating. People are like, well, if it really just happened, just like tell everyone when it was so we could like shut up about this. No, the fact that people are even asking is so outrageous. And that's why Meredith won't justify it with an, with an answer. Two things. One, not only did Whitney, like, do, could they not even see themselves? Whitney misremembered what Meredith said. Meredith said what if I said your dad you haven't not spoken to your dad in months and then in the car Whitney said that Whitney said to Heather that Meredith said what if I said that your dad's not an addict so she didn't even know what they're fighting about because she don't because she was so wasted and two um as far as Meredith not just sharing the date it's like even having to explain when the date was and take you guys through my calendar and my uh planner Mm -hmm. justifies schedule of events justifies this conversation so not only am I not going to do that but you at what point do you trust me as a friend to know that I would not make up in a memorial I I mean yes it's and if I were in her position it's probably just easier to be like here are the pictures on my phone you could see where it was like you're fucking morons but also like kind of just by leaving it open-ended it's like look at yourselves and what the fuck are you doing asking me about this Literally. Like, you don't deserve the peace of mind of, like, oh, I get to ask about every single personal thing in your life and you have to tell me when and where it was. As opposed to just being, like, Meredith had a family thing and we're going to leave it at that. And why would we even question whether or not it happened when she said it happened? And so then I don't understand Meredith's motives in inviting Whitney and Heather over. Like, I do think Meredith is trying to find a way in which this all gets pinned on Lisa. And Whitney and Heather are more than happy to throw Lisa under the bus. But it wasn't just Lisa. It was Whitney and Heather more so than it was Lisa. Yeah, I agree. Then she, like, comes and she apologizes immediately. I think Meredith is, even though she's, like, above it and she disengages and she has no time for it, um, I think she enjoys being a housewife. And so, like, she comes home, she collects herself, and she's like, okay, now I have to get back in the game. Like, I think she gets really frustrated with 
on these trips and at these dinners and stuff. But then when she has a moment to reflect, she's like, okay, how do I get back into the, like Mary Cosby has no fucking interest in being a part yeah. of this. And, but Meredith, I think after she has like some time to come to herself, she's like, okay, shit, now I got to get back to work. Who do I start with? I just can't believe that we have spent hours and hours talking about Meredith's dad's burial. And we have not spent more than five minutes talking about the egregious allegations against Jen Shaw, the insurmountable proof that the FBI has that she was taking advantage of the elderly, the disabled, the old, the vulnerable, taking advantage of all these vulnerable groups, stealing money from them. There is a a huge amount of evidence that the FBI has. She's on trial. She has to move out of her house to pay her legal bills. And we as a group have not spoken about it for one fucking minute. Jen Shaw, and, and that's why Jen Shaw's staying out of it. She doesn't want to put her ass, she can't believe no one's asking her questions. How's Shaw's internal bleeding? Like, Sharif's internal bleeding. N- mind-blowingly stupid how these women have fucked up and really, like, lost the plot. And it's beyond me. Beyond. And what's so crazy is on Beverly Hills, like we gave the women so much shit for not holding Erica's feet to the fire when every single time they got together, it was brought up. Even if they didn't, you know, say exactly what we wanted them to say or accuse Erica of this and that. And mind you, the crimes were committed by Erica's husband. And even Mm -hmm. still, the viewers were like, it's not enough. Like even Sutton, who was doing the most, like still, we were like, she could have done more. She didn't really say that much. Meanwhile, they couldn't they they couldn't get together at all without it coming back to Erica and what she's of going course. through. Meanwhile, questions. on there hasn't been one conversation between all of them about it and the one time that there even was which was at Jenny's um party in the garden, it all turned into like fighting Mary. over who's not, no and they're not the, the fact that they're not being good enough friends to Jen like that was Meredith's take is like you need friends right now and your friends aren't being good enough friends and then they all have to prove how they're such good friends to Jen it is so fucking twisted and and the main difference between Erica and Jen is that these are Jen's crimes versus these are Tom's crimes alleged right it is insane to watch this season like period even without the gen stuff going on just like watching them all point fingers at each other for like god knows what honestly idiotic knowing that there's this huge thing that no one is going to talk about and maybe it wouldn't feel like the season is so bad or these women were being so dumb if it weren't for jen's like if this was just a regular season without jen's crimes it would be like a pretty good season everyone's being crazy and yelling at each other pointing fingers but the fact that there's this enormous elephant in the room and i don't think we've spoken about it since she got arrested at beauty lab i mean we had a historic moment nypd homeland security showed up in utah on camera it made such waves remember when it happened we couldn't believe it and now we were waiting waiting it might as well have not happened after the fifth Mm -hmm. episode where she got arrested like goodbye i never heard from it again when they said next week on the season finale, I can't even tell you the sigh of relief. Oh my god! I said woohoo! And even after watching Real Housewives of Miami all weekend, it's like take for example the conversation that was had at the table in Montauk between Marisol, Nicole, and all the women, and how they're fighting over you said this and I said that, and like I'm able to follow that. I thought maybe my brain was just scrambled that I can't follow housewives' arguments anymore. So to watch that and be like, oh, yes, no, no, I understand what's going on. And then to watch Salt Lake City and be like, what the hell is going on? Like, even when I'm I'm not on my phone, like, I'm hunkered down, I'm paying attention, like, I'm sober, and I can't understand it. 
make it make sense. And and usually I it's would say – It's not you. It's them. Usually I would say like, okay, there's something we're not getting, you know, maybe at the reunion we'll get more context. It's not even that. It's that these women are like just so flimsy and they're also just – they're just like not serious women. Sorry. No. It's they're, – they're horrible. They're horrible. So I'm very much looking – and if Andy doesn't get some fucking answers out of Jen Shaw – in the reunion, I might be done with this franchise for real. It's not even good. I can't believe what we thought we were going to get versus what we got. And the fact that people think that this is a great season, like, I can't understand the low level you expect from Housewives because, I don't know, I grew up in the Bethany Frankel, Jill Zarin age. I just expect more. Sorry. Agreed. And I might have felt like a little bit, maybe it's me before watching Real Housewives of Miami. Like, if I hadn't yes. had that experience this weekend, I would be like, you know what? It's just not for me. Like, I've outgrown. No, no, no. It's not me. It's, yeah. it's that. It's the it's producers. Them. It's the cast because it can be done still and it can be great. And there's no reason. there's They've dropped the ball completely this yep. season. And it's not me. No, it's not you. Um, the last thing I watched that I want to talk about is Euphoria. Last night was a monumental episode. There was a lot of chatter online, like reporters being like, this is the episode where Zendaya wins her Emmy. It definitely was. There was really nobody else in the episode. Basically, they left us on a, on a cliffhanger last week. Like, did, she was like, she was doing a lot of drugs and then like, she was like at a church so it seemed like she overdosed and it turns out she she didn't overdose she's in her house and her mom finds out that she's back on drugs and her mom wants to take her she's going to withdrawal her mom wants to take her to the emergency room they get in the car and obviously her mom doesn't take her to the emergency room she takes her back to rehab and when rue zendaya realizes this she hops out of the car and this leads her on like a like a 24-hour crazy ass journey where she's like looking for drugs looking for things to sell because she owes the drug dealer money she's you know trying to go to her friend's house trying to get help from anywhere stealing from her friend's mom's house and she goes to the house where all of her friends are at and steals the mom's earrings but the mom called rue's mom and they stage another intervention where rue blows up this huge secret that she's known for a while she says cassie how long have you been fucking nate jacobs Nate Jacobs is Maddie's boyfriend. So it was like, I swear to God, when Rue said that, like, I screamed. And it was just not expecting, like, the idiotic high school drama to show up in this, this real drama, this real life shit. And the acting was just so good. Like, Maddie freaked out. Cassie starts crying. And there, all this commotion starts that all the women are like, shut up. We're staging an intervention. Like, it's not about you and your stupid boyfriend. But the kids are just acting like animals that Zendaya is able to escape. Oh my so God. she's running around, getting chased by the cops, throwing up everywhere. She's having crazy withdrawals. She goes to her old drug dealer's house, who's like her friend. She tries to steal drugs from. He has um, his mom is like hospitalized in his house, and she has like he has like like a hospital in this bedroom. She goes in and tries to steal like the mom's Vicodin and stuff. He throws her out. She goes everywhere she can until she just goes to the woman she owes money to's house. And this woman's like very weird. We don't know her motives, but she's basically like, you need to give me the $10,000 or I'll sell you to people like you couldn't even imagine. So Rue gets there and she's like going through crazy withdrawals and she's like, please give me pills, give me pills. And the woman's like, I only have morphine and I, the only way to do it is intravenously. I think that means with a needle. Mm -hmm. And Rue's like, oh, I don't do needles. So she gets so desperate. She's like, all right, just give it to me. So the woman gives her morphine. Obviously, Rue like gets knocked the fuck out and wakes up and like – She's in this apartment and she's completely locked in. The drug dealer and her husband are there. There's like a man sleeping on the couch. There's guns everywhere. There's locks everywhere. So it's clear that this woman who said, like, if you screw me over, like, I will sell you to the worst people on the planet. It's clear that Rue owes her money. 
she's not going to get it, and she's going to sell Rue into some sort of, like, trafficking ring. Um, and everyone's asleep, and it is, Jackie, the most pit-worthy scene of her trying to break out of this house. There's padlocks on all the doors. She's trying to get the keys. She sees the keys. They're jiggling. They're not working. Jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. The man's sleeping on the couch. She goes to the bedroom. The man in the other room wakes up. He gets up. Rue's opening the window. She has to jump from two stories. Her leg has been, like, broken this whole time because she keeps running. Her ankle's definitely, like, sprained or something. She jumps, and then she's in the parking lot of this apartment complex, and there's this big gate closing, and she has to run, run, run. She makes it out of the gate. She, like, that scene... I swear to God, I've never had such a pit in my whole life because it's like if you get out, where do you even go? But if you stay, you're gone forever. You're sold into some something. So she gets out and we're like, go home, Rue. Your mom is looking for you. She's trying to help you, even though like when the she, she Rue said the most horrible things to her mom, like, you know, you're a terrible mother, like, you know, because she was going through withdrawals. I don't think she really meant it. So the, the final scene of the episode is Rue's mom at the kitchen table. She hears the door open. She says, Rue? Is that you? Black screen. So we don't know if it was Rue. We don't know if it was that scary man from the apartment coming for Rue's family because Rue owes him $10,000. It was fucking crazy. And it was like not even like the good euphoria stuff that we love, like, you know, the cool outfits, the high school drama, which we live for. Jacob Lordy wasn't even in the episode. And it was chilling. Chilling. I'm queasy. Jackie, it was horrible to watch. Literally, like, such a pit. But definitely Zendaya earned herself an Emmy nomination or two. I do think also Sydney Sweeney will get nominated this year because she's just, she's just killing it. Um, it was painful. Like, literally painful to watch. Because she's, like, throwing up the whole time. She looks horrible because she's going through withdrawals. Her ankle's broken. She's, like, running around town. And she can't even run because her ankle's broken. It was just, it was horrible. You just want to shake her. Like, go home. Your mom cares about you. She wants to help you. Oh, my God. <sighs> Horrible. Like, the scene where she's, like, literally in someone's house stealing money, and then the people come home early from dinner, and they find her under the bed. It was just, like, Rue couldn't win. She could not win. I can't. That's crazy. And so her mom basically found this suitcase of drugs under her bed and flushed them down the toilet. But the reason why that's a problem is because it wasn't Rue's stash. It was she took it from the drug dealer and then was going to give the drug dealer $10,000. So that's why she's freaking out. The mom thinks she's like fiending for drugs. And like she is. But I don't know why she didn't just tell her mom, mom, literally, I have to pay this woman $10,000. And you just flushed all that down the toilet. We need to go find $10,000. Like because her mom just thought she was being like crazy Rue fiending for drugs. And she was. But she was also really fiending for the money. Got it. But it's still drug money. Yeah, it doesn't matter, though, because her life is at stake now with this crazy-ass drug dealer woman. Oh. Damn. Crazy show. Crazy show. Well, thank you for recapping it, because I've been seeing so much stuff, like, the craziest episode ever. And, I, you know, you wonder, like, what is the craziest episode ever? And that really does sound like it. It was the craziest episode ever. Damn, well, this is the craziest episode ever because we can't shut the fuck up. An hour and a half. (laughs) Oh, my God. 90 minutes. We gotta go. We gotta go. Your girl's gotta pee. (laughs) The Toast Instagram is still being worked on. I believe it will come back. Just 
just don't lose hope. Like, okay, it's just taking a long time, and we will tell you all about it when it's over. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Morning Toast, the millennial morning show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, Morning Toast, and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. We hope you guys have an amazing Monday, and we'll see you tomorrow for Tuesday's show. Ooh, we love Tuesday. We'll see you then. Goodbye.